0: Live.
1: Welcome to the, we'll the Colton Collective podcast. Now,
2: here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. A planet where man is the lowest order of living things. It's the man. It's
3: the man. And welcome to the Madhouse! Oh no, welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Yes, we're here, it's uh, Sunday, and uh, Dave?
4: Yeah, I'm Get your hands off me, you
3: dang dirty podcaster.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling a little bit bow-legged, I'm scratching under my arms, I'm not quite sure what's happening. It could be a metamorphosis.
3: <laughs> yes, and uh, let's see uh, what kind of imping uh, around is going on. On audio today, joining us, he's back, it's the monkey wrangler himself, it's Charlie P79. Hello, Charlie. Hello, everybody.
5: Just uh, waking up from some uh, hibernation right here and uh, not knowing where I am right now,
3: so that's all I got.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and it's a gibbon that he's here. It's Kobo 4747.
7: Hello. Hello. Like I said, I'm not staying for the topic today because I have
6: not seen all the movies, much to my shame.
3: Not a problem, we're just glad you're here. Glad to also, be here. Also joining us is Davros1179. Hello. Here, have a banana. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> glad to have you along today. Glad to be here. Right. And there's something very Simeon about him. It's Logan. Hello, sir.
0: Hello, true believers.
6: Glad <laughs> to that have for you here. A yes, I have a brief.
3: <laughs> and I can't think of any more monkey, uh, <laughs> monkey things. So here's Jeff, the Seventh Doctor.
8: Hello, Ian. How are you today?
3: Good, good, good. very good, actually.
8: I'm, yeah. I'm watching that typing monkey today.
3: Oh. oh, he's monkey watching him closely. <laughs> yes, you never know what he's going to get up to. He'll probably take over the whole show. Can't think what Mike. Also joining us, Mister Tim Jerry.
7: You forgot the Funky Gibbons. Possibly. I've got I've got them on my mind today because I was copying various podcasts on CD for upcoming journeys.
4: <laughs> yep, funky given. Just gotta do it. Yep, funky given. goodies, goodies,
3: <laughs> and lastly on audio, it's Ken. Hello, Ken. it's
4: a madhouse,
3: a madhouse, and I love it. How are you doing today?
6: Good, 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 good. All
3: right, got a uh, small case in the corner. Would we like to call the good of silence? New. Oh,
6: oh, <laughs>
4: break
3: up. Uh, yeah. I'm not doing anything. I promise. <laughs> and uh, as I as I shut down the program, I'm not using. Joining uh, us under the cone of silence are Star Skeptical. Before we talk to the starbase right now, Sly Bob is here, and so is this girl. Hello, this
4: girl. We got that Dropbox. I can. I know. He slipped under the cone. What, what?
3: What? What? I got chunks of him, but nobody's putting in there. <laughs> uh, oh. But, oh, yes, yeah, uh, let sure. me. Uh, so, uh, there's one more person to, uh, to introduce before we move on. is not bad at all. bad at all. It's not bad at all. not at
4: over.
6: Well, I don't know, I can't do. Um, so. Okay, is everybody breaking up? You, know? you guys are breaking up. You're breaking up. Yep, it's everybody.
9: Breaking up is hard to do. Oh, you you beat
6: me to it. You beat me to it. You beat me to not technology. I see. We should, should. all slowly. Yeah. <laughs> oh Fantastic. Anyway, shall we proceed?
4: Yeah, we we'll keep. I think if we keep going for a short while, the car is not too much. We it will
6: to, it's to
10: so. think again. <laughs> Get some of these please.
6: Jeff was Don't right. It like, is the touching monkey. I think so fine. And... <laughs> oh, this. Oh, <dear. laughs>
9: We've gone April, right? Do, do Next, you want to just... I think you're okay now. Really? Really? Oh. It's Everybody, is that now, a yeah? little bit. Oh, yeah,
3: there you go. Okay, quick, hurry. <laughs> All right, there's only one more it's person to hand He's one it? of the stars of the show today. One of the stars of the show today, it's the Typing Monkey
6: News Time. Get your well, thoroughly
5: clean hands off my Typewriter, you darn Typing Monkey.
3: <laughs> there you go oh. <laughs> well done sir well done alright well first up with news it's Ken
9: well I have some news about a nice new book that's come out this week called Shadow Show it's a tribute of all new stories and celebration for Ray Bradbury it features authors such as Harlan Ellison Neil Gaiman, Margaret Atwood, Dave Eggers, Joe Hill, Alice Hoffman, Robert McCammon, and many more. You can find it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble online. And if there are any bookstores out there that you can rustle it up. Looks to be very good. I ordered it myself. I should be getting it in any day. And it's dedicated to the memory, art, and legacy of Ray Bradbury. It looks very good, thank
3: you. thank you very much for that news, sir. Thank you all right it's It's definitely a geek weekend um for those of you who are listening to the show and don't know that this is going on um check your membership card. San diego comic con is going on as we speak, and neither none of us are there so uh <laughs> But no, there's been some fantastic uh, news and uh, trailers and all sorts of good stuff coming out of uh, San Diego Comic-Con. But before I get into the stuff that I want to talk about, Logan, you've got some interesting news from the Marvel Universe.
0: Yes, I do. And by the way, if, like the rest of us, I start getting garbly and stuff like that, that is my impersonation of a Dalek. So I just want to put that out there. (laughs) Uh, But they have released some of the, uh, what they're calling the Marvel Phase 2. And they released some of the titles and release dates of the movies coming out. First up will be Iron Man 3. That is the title they're giving right now. They will have a a villain that fans have been requesting. I'm not going to say who it is in case people don't want spoilers. But that is coming out May 3rd, 2013. Also coming up in 2013 is Thor. The Dark World, and that's coming out November 8th, and it's being directed by Alan Taylor. So there are going to be some other villains out there beside Loki, but they haven't released who it is. This next one, the title is a little bit of a spoiler in my opinion, so if you don't want to hear the title, cover yours for about five seconds. But on April 4th, 2014, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. If you know anything about some of the recent comic books and stuff like that dealing with Captain America, that might give you an idea of some of what's going on with this next movie. And then we have a movie which I'll I'll say I've never read the comics. I've known a little bit about them, and I tend to shy away from it, so I'm going to be interested to see how this movie goes. But Guardian of the Galaxies is set for August 1st, 2014, and it will have the characters of Groot, Frax, Gamora, Star Lord, and Rocket Raccoon. That's right, a Rocket Raccoon. Mm. And last but not least, and they do not have a uh, a release date for this one, Marvel has confirmed that they are making Ant-Man, which is the uh, Henry Pym character. He also is Giant-Man. He switches back and forth, but there is no release date on that. So, those are the movies that Marvel's coming out in the next couple of years something that's not directly Comic-Con but for fans who have been watching this TV series for 5 years tomorrow night on Sci-Fi is the series finale of Eureka and I love Eureka I have I've loved that show since it first came out so if there's any fans out there that really haven't been paying much attention tomorrow is the series finale they're wrapping up the show and it's only a one-hour finale so tune in on Sci-Fi and Pleasure that's all I have. We'll, such be, a we'll be talking. Show. Yes, it is. Uh, we will be talking more about Comic Con tonight on the Media Outsiders. And I'm sure Squidlord will have plenty of rants and stuff like that, including we're going to talk about what soon to be coming movie reboot got booed at Comic Con this past weekend. Mm. But that's on tonight at mm-hmm. 10 p.m. Eastern Time. talk you ID 81865.
3: Now, is that just booed by Squid Lord or booed by people in general?
0: <laughs> um, from what I understand, booed from booed from the audience.
4: I'm wondering I, if it, that's if, the one that Darth Skepticals commented on in text.
0: I'm, I'm not sure uh, if it's the one that he's just, just commented on recently, no. It is actually it's one of the bigger reboots that's coming out. Uh, they've been promoting quite a bit. But the director made one small little comment, and the fans did not like it, even though you knew it was to be expected. So, but tune in tonight on Media Outsiders to hear what that's about.
4: Ooh, Mm tease.
0: You got it. There he
3: goes, he's teasing. Alrighty. Um, as I said at the opening, there's been plenty going on. One of the things that's that's taken my attention is uh, the first look and the release of the trailer. Um, Oz, The Great and Powerful by uh, Sam Raimi. Um, if you have not seen the trailer for this movie, go and find it now. Um, I, I'm a huge Wizard of Oz fan uh, and... I, not, I'm i not normally one for getting caught up in the hype of a movie and, and going, oh, yeah, I have to see this. Um, I was saying before the show, the, the new Batman movie. Yeah, I'll see it when it comes out on, on DVD or Blu-ray. Uh, same with Spider-Man. Not really that, you know. Yeah, that's fine. But this just, it caught my attention, and I really, really, really want to see this. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it covers... Um, you know, the arrival in Oz of of, uh, of The Wizard. Um, and uh, just, you know, go and, go and watch the trailer after you're done here, yeah. Uh, listen to our show, then go watch the trailer, and then, you know, listen to our show again. Uh, <laughs> another thing that, uh, that uh, I picked up on is that uh, Firefly will be returning to TV. They are planning on doing Ooh. a uh, reunion movie. I think it's gonna be on the Science Channel, I believe. Um, I'm trying to find the article I was reading last night and can't find it to save my life. Um and word has it, if if it goes well, uh there may be more. There may be more. So uh and shiny. Uh, yes, definitely shiny. And, and and from the looks of things he's he's gonna be wiping the slate clean and and it's gonna be a reboot. Um, not say a reboot about of you know, recasting or anything. They're they're going to have uh, all the cast back. Um, so that's fantastic. Um, although <laughs> the announcement, uh, uh, the, the the rest of the cast seems a bit surprised by the announcement. But uh, uh, from from the from the way that the, the the rest of the cast talk about it, I'm I'm sure that uh, they'll be jumping at the chance, uh, jobs permitting, to to get involved with us. Um,
6: so, it's like the movie never happened.
3: Um, well, it, it all depends on how I did it. I always figured that they could... I mean, we have no idea at what point that crew is together and how long they've been together.
0: You could just yeah, the movie, insert stuff. The movie is placed in such a way that they could say that the movie happened three years after the end of the original yeah. series. Yeah. Now, I want to say this about the reunion. They're talking about having most of the cast. I just want to know if they're going to have Adam Baldwin if they can get him out of his bunk.
3: What's wrong with Adam Baldwin?
0: Well, I mean, he's always on the show. He's saying, I'll be in my bunk. Ah, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> we, we know what he's doing, so I, I don't know if they can get, get the poor guy out of his bunk to be in a reunion. So. <laughs> uh,
3: but, yes, the, the, the panel for that, uh, the Firefly the 10th Anniversary Reunion uh, press conference with, uh, is on there. Yeah, there's plenty of information out there. You can go and find it, um, but yeah, great, great news for for, for brown codes everywhere. Um, also, uh, we've been talking Neil Gaiman recently, and uh, we have some some news from him. And I'm just going to go ahead and, and play the news that uh, he announced to everybody at San Diego Comic Con and uh,
10: to the rest of the world. Hello, San Diego. I'm not there, and I'm Neil Gaiman, but not necessarily in that order. Um, and I'm in Karen Berger's office at DC Comics right now, in the vertigo corner of the world. Um, and I thought I'd talk to you for a moment about something in this book, Sandman the Doll's House. Because almost 23 years ago, I wrote at the beginning of Sandman 8. The man in the circle was dressed in black, his head hidden by a helm carved of bone and glass and metal. Fires danced in the velvet darkness of his robe. Around his neck hung a precious stone, a ruby, and by his side was a leathern pouch drawn tight to the top by cords. Did Burgess know then what he had got? Did he guess at the forces that had already weakened Morpheus, the lord of dreams, that Burgess's chant of summoning had proved the final straw to someone, something, already tried almost beyond endurance? I doubt it. And if he knew, he didn't care. And then, a few years later, when I was writing Brief Lives, there's a point in there where we just get one panel as uh, Destiny is looking at his book, and the pages are flipping backwards and forwards. And you get to see Morpheus, and it says, The dream king is returning in triumph of a kind, from a far galaxy, tired beyond reckoning and tried beyond all endurance. His triumph is short-lived. From the darkness old voices call to him, and he awakes in a glass prison, in a deep cellar. And, of course, that's where Sandman 1 begins, with the Sandman, with Morpheus, trapped by Burgess. And you never found out what was happening in that far galaxy and what his triumph of a kind was and why he was tried almost beyond endurance. Sandman number 1 was published in November 1988 with a January 1989 cover date. So in November 2013, it will have been 25 years since Sandman, number one, was published. Which means that 2013 seems like a particularly good year to tell that story. Um, To get together with one of the finest artists in comics today and actually explain what Morpheus had been doing before Sandman number one began and uh, I'll be telling that story so the as yet untitled or if it's titled it's definitely unannounced new Sandman that's going to be coming out um, in 2013 I'm incredibly excited to say it's going to be drawn by J.H. Williams, I've been a fan of his since Promethea. Um, I love his Batwoman stuff. And on this, you're going to see a side to Jay you've never seen before. Um, you're also going to see one piece of art that he did showing you Morpheus, or possibly not Morpheus, in a way that you've never seen him before. Um, I'm thrilled. I'm excited. This has been an incredibly long time coming. It was one of the few Stories that actually felt when I finished Sandman like I I had failed because I had not told this story. Um, And I'm really looking forward to telling it.
3: All right, and there's the announcement right from the horse's mouth. So, uh, Sandman fans, uh, rejoice. (laughs) All right, and that's. about all I have from Comic-Con. Uh, Dave, anything? Any,
4: did you
0: have any news? Uh,
4: well, there's only one small thing I've spotted on Doctor, Who's, Doctor Who News.net while we've been on there. some, um, You know, the fan uh, film, Doctor Who fan film, Power of the Daleks, part two of that is now available and um, has been released. So I'm quoting from Doctor Who News.net. Um, and there's an actual uh, 17-and-a-half-minute episode that you can play directly from that site.
3: Excellent. Oh, and I I just thought of one thing, and I now lost it. It's all your fault, Dave. (laughs) 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 Oh, yes, that's right. Um, Dr. Horrible Sing-Along Blog, uh, there is a sequel coming. Uh, It is very definitely coming, and they are filming in the spring of next year, I believe, uh, the announcement was. And plus, they're actually going to be showing it on the CW, which is interesting. It's actually going to get an airing on on TV. So, uh, yes, that's uh, more more news from uh, from Joss Whedon. So lovely. All right, I think we've happy. done it. For... Sorry, what was that, cobo?
6: I said happy. Um, yep. completely happy now.
3: <laughs> there you go.
4: Okay, well, well, um, uh, we we heard that maybe Kobo might be dropping off because they've not seen our particular topic and we know Logan may be dropping off soon. And maybe even Tim will be doing a disappearing trick to find out what's happening at Comic-Con. But uh, for most of us that are staying on for the rest of the show, hopefully we don't have any more outages with the um, audio, Uh, is today's topic, episode 159, Cultdom Goes Ape. Yes, we're talking about. Thank you
6: shout out everyone. See you later, couple.
4: Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Rightio, Um, we're talking about the plant, the uh, Apes franchise. I've put a list, uh, the wiki page link there, which, if you scroll down to it, will give you um, links to all the wiki pages of the films. So just very briefly, because we don't know who in the room has seen what, uh, we're not going to ask people to just comment on one particular film at a time. They can basically jump in with their knowledge. And at this point, we ought to just say to anybody listening, there obviously will be spoilers for these films. first one came out in 1968. We'll try and be a little bit more careful with the most recent one, The uh, the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, that came out, but even so, that came out one year ago, 5th of August 2011, but uh, there will be spoilers, and um, we apologise, but we are giving you fair warning of that, because, of course, different people will be jumping around, commenting on the films that they have seen. Um, so... Um, I'm going to play a short clip in a moment, but just let's briefly read from the first part of the planet of the page uh, w- wiki page. Give people in the room a chance to find that link anyway. Um, it's a franchise, a series that began in 1968. Um, uh, 90- sorry, um, and it's based. And I hadn't realised that it was based on the 1963 French novel. Any people good with a French accent here, folks? Lap, La Planet de saint day. Is that a thing Day.
3: <laughs> Where's Michael oh, when you need him?
4: <laughs> yeah. It's basically Monkey Planet, or Planet of the Apes, by Pierre Boule, is that? I think that's how you pronounce it. Okay, uh, the origin of the five uh, films uh, will be produced by uh, Alf P. Jacobs based on these original novice premise and released by 20th Century Fox. So let me play a clip, uh, or a trailer, should I say, from the 1968 Charlton Heston movie that started us off. And um, then I'll be going to. uh, What should we go to, Charlie? Because we've we've missed Charlie. So fair warning, Charlie. We're going to you in Earth just over a minute.
2: Can't help thinking that somewhere in the universe there has to be something better than man Has to be. The words are Charlton Heston. Get out a that signal to Earth that we've landed. The world he finds out in the galaxy will challenge every idea you've ever had of civilization. A planet where man is the lowest order of living things, and the superior beings are apes. They build the cities, make the laws, the gods, and control the guns. ...a race of lowly, terrified humans who run wild in the jungle, are caged in the prisons, and stuffed in the museum. Twentieth Century Fox transforms the motion picture screen into Planet of the Apes. Pierre Bou's finest novel since Bridge on the River Kwai. The
1: world's gone insane upside-down civilization that could not be real. Yes, a world of madness and terror. Man has no understanding. He can be taught a few simple tricks, nothing more. You
5: did it. You cut up his
6: brain, you bloody baboon! It's the man! It's the man!
4: I'm just writing a text uh, for guest 15. You're certainly welcome today, but due to some interruptions we've had in past weeks, um, w- guests, we're just uh, allowing them to listen in. Of course, if you sign up to talk, you should get yourself an ID. You'll be welcome and unmuted and allowed to come in and chat. So we'll um, we'll go to Charlie P. and then we'll go to Tim, if we may, after I play the uh, a second clip. So Charlie, welcome back and. Uh, what have you seen? Where do you want to start? Oh
5: uh, well, I mean, actually, I think uh, that's the first five movies I saw. Well, the, the first five ones, I actually probably, I think I saw them actually last, but um, you know, I I watched them on TV. You know, they always had uh, you know, like like Plan of the Eighth Week, and so they show all five movies. You know, starting with the first one, Monday, and the last one on Friday, and um, they'll show uh, they'll show like a the, the odd movie, you know, on a weekend, like a and you know, man-made kind of thing, sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, the last, the la- uh, the first one, the original, actually, I think I ended up seeing, per- uh, last. And, uh, but, you know, I kind of knew the gist of it, but I still, you know, I still really liked it. I know mean, I, I watched it again, and I still, I still think it's a fantastic film. Um, of course, Head and Shoulders is probably above the rest of them. Uh, you know, the other ones have their, have their moments, but, um, I mean, there's a there's there is a lot of there's a lot of you know this, this movie was made sort of you know not sort of like a tongue tongue cheek kind of thing. It was sort of um, uh, you know made you know, it, it was it was it was made as sort of a science serious science fiction movie. You know we got you know Charlton Heston who was the you know, Academy Award winning actor, and we had um, uh, the director was uh, Franklin Shaft, Shafter who uh, later uh, directed Patton. So uh, you got, and you got, um,
4: uh, Woody uh the
5: screen, yeah, Ryan McDowell, of course. And, yeah. And, um, uh, Kim Hunter. And I think yeah, she, she won an Oscar as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jerry Goldsmith's music. And yeah, um, you know, Rod Sterling and, then, uh, Michael Wilson, who also, you know, one, who wrote the, um, screenplays to Lawrence of Arabia and, um, British over the river choir. So we got a lot, of, you know, there's a lot of, you know, serious, um, people behind us, you know, people, you know, you know, well known in the in the, uh, in the business thinking this and um, you know Charlton and uh, this, this, I think um uh, know, yeah, Arthur P. Jacobs took so for like five years. He took five years to make this movie. Uh you know getting you know in Charlton Heston you know getting Charlton Heston on board quite you know fairly early and then getting uh, John Chambers who did the makeup who also uh, developed um ears for Star Trek. Huh? So and you know, it's a it's um it's it's a good movie about you know I think when things about science fiction it does best. It sort of sort of makes parallels to to subjects you know you know things like racism and inequality and stuff like that. And you know you know we get you know good stuff about you know war and stuff like that and you know it uses a metaphor for you know this science fiction movies. So it's a very well made, very and
4: uh, one of the best. Okay, just going to ask Ken. Can you just do self mute on the phone, please? Just getting a little bit of feedback while Charlie's talking. Now you've you've talked quite a bit, Charlie, there about the first film, um, and I think I agree with you. It was a, an excellent film, and there's some questionable films in between. So, it, it, which of the films are? Don't forget, there were. Uh, two TV series that we'll talk about as well. <clears throat> I'll be playing trailers from each of them as we go along with the topic. Uh, what are your other highlights from Planet of the Apes are? Because, uh, as you said, you seem to have seen most of it.
5: What, the the, the the film series? Just the, the well, we should,
4: wherever you want to go. Um, I mean, you, you obviously feel as though the first film was a quality film, and uh, even though you, yeah. you you say you saw it last, presumably it was a pleasant surprise the, the actual standards to which it was produced, but I mean, uh, prior to watching that, what what are the ones that, you know, I mean, the I, fact I, that he persevered? I, I liked, uh,
5: yeah, I liked the um, the third one, Escape. You know, they, they had Cornelius and Zira coming to the modern Earth. day Earth. Yeah, sort of. You know, the reverse of uh, them instead of them persecuting the humans, they were they were being persecuted. And then, they, but they um, they sort of you know, Zira said that. You know, you know this. Is, I've done this to many humans, to, to you know myself. So you know, you know, and then they said, well, you know, too long will so make it. But it's very, you know, and they type, you know, you know, they find out about, you know, apes will be responsible. Spoilers: apes will be responsible for, um, when humans will be responsible for the destruction of Earth. And uh, so, they, sort of, kind of, and they talk about um, time travel and. Uh, Taking different routes, you know, you know which path you're going to go through. This. So that's otherwise like, you know, that the idea, you know, the, you know, the future time travel in there and how it talks about,
6: you know,
5: the one, okay. you know, you can change your destiny and everything like that. Um,
4: what about the right, uh, the reimagining? My... What about the reimagining of the original film, the one that came out in two thousand and one?
5: Oh. Well I remember liking it. I remember liking it after you know, when I saw it and then I thought about it and I sort of I haven't watched it lately. You know, I got the I got the box set when it came out and I used I sort to of watched all the other movies but I never touched the uh, the Tim Burton one. Um right. I did watch Rise recently and I really like that, but yeah, I, I I I don't know I don't know, I don't know I haven't really I haven't revisited the uh, two thousand one anytime soon. I've only watched it once when it came on theaters actually. <laughs>
4: Okay, well I'll tell you what I'll do We'll we'll stay with you a little bit But I'll play the trailer for the second uh, film Which was uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes And then give you a chance to just get any thoughts together And then after you we'll go to Tim Here we go A planet where
5: apes evolved
1: from men Gotta be an answer. Don't look for it, Taylor. You may not like what you find.
6: Damn you all the hell.
1: The year three thousand nine hundred and fifty five. Charlton Heston as Taylor, a 20th century astronaut, space wrecked in the incredible future. Linda Harrison, as Nova, a savage beauty from the enslaved and voiceless human race. They're marked the for target practice. James Franciscan as astronaut Brent, on a reckless mission to rescue Taylor, trapped by the swaggering, brutal master race of Apes who dominate the Earth. A planet shattered by the atomic war of a distant, forgotten past. Where are you going? Into the Forbidden Zone. Someone or something has outwitted the intelligence of the gorillas.
4: Okay. That set you off on any thoughts, Charlie?
5: Uh, Well, you know, my thoughts on the second one are sort of, you know, it's not, you know, it's sort of a retread of the, of the first one. It's sort of, you know, like you said, like, uh, like Tim said, Charlton Heston signed it, and, and we'll get, we'll get James Franciscus. We'll get another guy that, you know, they, they could sweat around and go, oh, my God, and stuff so like that. And, um, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's I watched it last night. It's You know, I think the first 45 minutes is sort of a retread. It's sort of like, you know, if you haven't seen the first movie, you know you know somebody shows up, finds out you know what's happened to Earth and everything spoilers what's happened to Earth and everything and um you know we meet briefly see Corneos and Zera and Corneos is not played by Ryan McDowell, it's played by somebody else and um we talk about the Forbidden Zone and about you know general Ursus is going to invade it and and then and then the second half is the whole thing about these mutants, cyber mutants worshiping the this doomsday bomb. It's just one of those bizarre things. There's, like, they're getting hymns to it. They're worshiping it as their God. It's, like, one of those, what the heck is going on, you know, in those movies? And I remember the first time I saw this movie thinking, I didn't know how it was going to end. Spoilers. Didn't know how it was going to end. And thinking, you know, what's going on? How
6: is this movie? Do-
5: what's going to happen in this movie? You know, what's, you know, what's going on? And then it ends with, uh, children, you know, Taylor blowing up the world. I was thinking, that's kind of... A, I didn't expect that kind of. I mean, I guess, you know, maybe that's what, what they were going for, going for a shock and Then I, thought, I found out later on that Sheldon Heston actually did this movie. You know, you know, he didn't really want to do this movie, but they, I guess they gave him enough money and he, like, filmed like five days for a week or so. It's a good one, stipulation that I blow up the world and, and then uh, so that will end any more uh, eight seasons. So he did. And then I watched that and i was like, well, we're going to go from there. And then, of course, you know, the third film. But, again, it was just one of those movies after watching and thinking, you know, you know, I need to go outside. And, yeah, I need some sunshine right now. It wasn't really a,
4: a shot of enthusiasm or optimism for me. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for that. We'll probably come back to you as we welcome enterprise right. here in the room. Mr. Presenter, can you self-mute, please? We're getting a bit of feedback from you as uh, we go to Tim. And Jeff will be coming to you shortly, I hope. Tim. Yeah, well, I, I thought I'd
7: wander over to the other side of the room and I have all the the Blu-rays in front of me now as aid memoirs. <laughs> um, well, the first film, I hadn't watched for a few years when I put this Blu-ray on a few months back. And I, I was actually pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed the first one because I, th- I thought, it has such a downbeat ending. Can it, can it really be um, a rewarding watch? But it is. It, it still holds up very well the, the very first one. And as I said in um in the text chat, if you're if you a fan of these films, I'd recommend you get the box sets of them because the extras are very well done. They've done documentaries on each and every one where film historians and people who know about things that relate to the film, such as the the history of America and stuff, the things that inspired the plots... They show you how it all kind of um, fits together. Yeah, yeah. The the second one, I have to agree, it's an odd one. It's an odd beast. <laughs> um, the 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 first few the first few minutes are in, uh, the textbook example of someone who's clearly had their arm bent to even get them in the film at all. And they went to Charlton Heston, and he clearly said, "No, nah, I don't want to do that again." Uh, and there they, they were. Mm, yeah, but we kind of need him to get people to come to the cinema. So they they kind of worked on the script a bit, and they went, well, what if we had you in it at the beginning and the end? And it, then you wouldn't have to work much, and you still get your name on the poster and get paid and everything. <laughs> Literally, this film starts with him um, on a horse, um and then he rides off, and he literally disappears into a rock face. And the other guy is then the astronaut because he's—he's he's, a—I I think he's sort of showing up like following the same trajectory or something, trying to rescue him. And um, conveniently, his ship has crashed, and is a bit irreparable as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the 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 people beneath this planet—it's very very strange. It's it stretches credibility a lot. I mean, even when you put into context the fact that um, this was the 70s, that the Cold War was raging, and so people were thinking about the possibility of nuclear warfare, but uh, uh, a reality where people actually worship the bomb that killed... These are sort of survivors of a nuclear war, we find out, and these are like the only people left and yet they're worshipping the thing that destroyed everyone else on the planet and, and most of the planet itself it's very strange um, but also as I said in text chat it, it is the, the the makeup job they've done on them is it's pretty good considering they had to make up a lot of people on mass to look like these mutants and spoilers <laughs> they don't look like mutants when we first meet them <laughs> when you first meet them they just look like other people oh it's these people that are living beneath the ground no no they've got this big secret but um yeah it, not after the first one this, this one felt interesting but a bit of a letdown uh, do you want me to talk about the third one
4: no you're talking, yeah, talking about them in any sequence I'm just playing the the, the trailers in, in time order sequence that's all well the, the the third
7: one is an odd beast because um one 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 thing that's certainly true with these films is they they made made good money out of the first one and the the studio sort of kept saying yes to making these films because people kept going back and seeing them. Uh, but at the same time, they didn't want to spend as much money on making number two, three, four, and five as they did number one. And so as you watch them progressively, you see how they've saved money. And um, in some of them, uh, they've made cutbacks which make it drop the production values noticeably on the first one. Because in the first one, the 8 makeup on the actors... Even in crowd scenes where you have like 10, 20, 25 actors all made up of these apes, immaculately done, brilliant, groundbreakingly good makeup. And then in the later movies, you'll get a crowd scene again, and you'll go, "Well, those five guys at the front are made up. Well, everybody else." And they admit this in the extras on the um, the documentaries. They literally just sort of shove the mask on them rather than put the proper prosthetic makeup and glued it all to someone's face but yet yeah, it's an odd beast the third one it it, it feels like two films in one because it, it, it as I say they were trying to save money so how do you save money well instead of having a planet full of apes you have two apes and you have them land on modern day earth and um, so rather than have a spaceship that's irreparable as it seemingly was in the first two movies, somehow the eight scientists have managed to repair one of these spaceships. And um, two apes get in it and fly off. And there's a great scene at the very beginning of this film where this ship lands somewhere quite remote and uh, the army uh, are there to, to greet what they think are human astronauts return, returning. And, and it's got... All the top brass are there, and they go over and they open up the ship, and people dressed as astronauts get out, and uh, then the, the visors or, or they take the helmets off, only to reveal that they're, that they're apes, and that's how they go into the the titles of the film. It, it's almost as if it was made for television, and they wanted to keep you watching at that point because they know there's an ad break coming. Because <laughs> it's it's. It, it, as I say, it's 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 mostly light in tone because that first scene is 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 pushing on the comedic, and then um, throughout this third one, they're like sort of adored and embraced, and but at the same time, they're sort of um, inquired into by like um, American politicians of Senate inquiries and all that kind of things, and. um so it starts off as this quite light film with them being embraced into human society, which is a, the, the groovy 70s, so it's all kind of like loud colours and wide collars and stuff. And, um, and then it all kind of turns on its head for like about roughly the last half hour, maybe even less than that, and the, the humans decide, well, we, we don't want this future where these uh, the world's going to end up... Of these apes, and and someone says, All right, kill them. So you get this just huge chase scene across an American city where they're on the run, and what I haven't mentioned is they've had a kid, so there's a third one of these apes, uh, a baby one, and um, so yeah, it it, it ends in this very downbeat manner, and you think, "Oh, Oh, have they even killed off the baby? Well, as the documentaries tell you, <laughs> on the on the Blu-rays and the DVDs, well, I had to leave something open in case they wanted to make another one. But um, I'll let you play another trailer, Dave, because I don't want to yeah. get too far ahead of you.
4: Okay. Well, yeah. Of course, the, those three are Cornelius, Doctor Milo, and the the baby's Zira. I think it's pronounced. Yeah. Welcome, Perry G, uh, G into the room. Uh, yes, we're we're about halfway into the topic now. We'll be going to Jeff shortly, but I'll come back to you, Tim, if you have any further thoughts. Here's um, the trailer from Escape, the third film. Her loving
1: husband, Cornelius, and little Milo. The most dangerous to man is little Milo. Why? The time is 1973. The place is right here on Earth. How did they get here? What is their reception?
2: Welcome, gentlemen,
1: to the United... On the Planet of the Apes. Their adventures are completely fresh, completely new, astonishingly different from what you experienced in Planet of the Apes and beneath the Planet of the Apes. At first feared and imprisoned. We'll take the female first. Well, she seems to be pretty smart. All right.
6: she takes it? Because I loathe bananas. I don't believe
1: it. Dear, dear, are you mad Do we know who our friends are and who our enemies
6: are? And how in the name of God are we to know that unless we communicate? We can speak, so I spoke. <laughs>
4: yeah, and, and of course, uh, it's not Zero's the, the woman, and it, it says Dr. Milo, so I didn't realise that was the trial name. But uh, okay, Tim, uh, anything you want to just add before we move on to Jeff? About that film or anything else?
7: Well, I'll i I'll, I'll I'll mention the next one briefly. The next one's called Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, and where it it's it, it swings into being this kind of dark movie again, and we're still on seventies Earth. Well, you know, it's hard to tell now because it, it 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 can't quite decide whether we're kind of contemporary or whether. It's, I think it's meant to be slightly more futuristic because the kind of the way they've used locations and architecture and and things, but the the there's now like lots of these intelligent apes, but they're all being like held, slave by man, and it ends.
3: It's, it's set in 1991.
7: Ah, thank you. Yeah, and so it 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 ends heavily influenced by something that was going on. In seventies America, in in a great big riot, and <laughs> and you you're in the film and the the credits are rolling and it's just like fire and everything and going, oh, not very satisfying because <laughs> it's just very downbeat, but um, yeah, that's probably my least favourite of them, Conquest. So I, I not really much I can say about it.
4: Okay, that's fine. Um, well let's let's move on to uh, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Jeff available to talk? Let me just check. I should have uh, double looked up there. Oh, he's dropped off. When did that happen, guys?
6: Uh,
4: well, let's go, da- let's go to, let's go to, yeah, let's go to Davros. <laughs> Can we go to Davros? Are you okay to go? And then we'll go to Mystery Presenter after. Uh, oh, hang on a minute. Just one for Perry, did you say you haven't got along with us?
11: Um. Hey, no, uh, I'm not sure how long how long I've got. I've actually got some work i got to do and, we were driving up from Richmond, Virginia. This is more, this afternoon already. So I'm a bit beat, but um, okay.
4: Well, well, look, if if Tavis is willing to, uh, and okay about it, would you like to just uh, you know sum any of your thoughts and what you've watched and what you feel about the the different films? Uh, or would you need to listen for a little bit and get tuned all, in? All the
11: different Planet of the Apes films. Yeah, yeah. yeah
4: we're we're doing the series and the the. the the films, its sequels, and if you followed it, the the TV, the couple of TV series about it.
11: Uh, I haven't watched the TV series since I was a kid. I remember it vaguely. Um, but the movies I've seen, um, but I couldn't tell you what happened <laughs> in which one. No, no, no. I mean,
4: but, um, any relative thoughts to, I mean, did you like the reimagined one that came out? You know the uh, Tim Burton one. Do you like the latest one, The Rise? Uh, I, didn't, the original I didn't like
11: one? the Tim Burton one that much, but I like the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, one that was most recently out. I like that one um, a lot better. And the original movies I liked a lot too. Um, the Planet of the Apes, the original one, of course, with Charlton Heston, was was really was really great. Um, the the first sequel. I thought was pretty good and, and um, I can't even tell you the titles. Uh, the one with Ricardo Montalbán which is basically like the, the most recent movie
4: well Conquest let me TV just or... remind okay yeah it was Planet of the Apes then Beneath the Planet yeah. of the Apes then Escape from yeah. the Planet of the Apes Conquest then Battle for the Planet of the Apes uh-uh. then the remaking of Planet of the Apes in 2001 okay. and then of course Rise of the Planet of the Apes
11: yeah, some of the the sequel movies I think um were a little rough but definitely <laughs> the first two or three I, I enjoyed a lot. And that's what I can remember anyway.
4: Right. And I, I mean that's that's fine. We we've got various people in the room. We we you will have noticed already yeah. one or two people have dropped off cobalt and so on because they 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 hadn't felt so they got a lot to contribute. Hopefully they will be listening back to the recording yeah. at a later. Date. I'm
11: definitely a, a fan of the original movie series and um, I definitely enjoy them uh, a lot when when I see them. And um, I've watched the, the first couple, you know, several times. beneath the Planet of the Apes and then the Planet of the Apes, the original one. Right. Um, well, if, I if guess uh, one
4: of the things. Well,
11: Oh, I just remember. It's just something I was remembering about the um, the Tim Burton remake was about how the humans, you know, were different from the humans in the original movie. And I remember that was one of the things that my wife and I we didn't really like about the remake.
4: Yeah, like telepathic or something, weren't they? Mutant, mutated, slightly.
11: Yeah, but they weren't. Yeah, but they 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 were intelligent and could communicate. They were just not you know, they they were just ordinary people, it seemed like, whereas in the original Planet of the Apes movie, you're supposed to get this idea that humans sort of, you know, were oppressed by the apes for so long they lost the ability to, to communicate to each other the way that that um, ordinary humans, I mean, the way we do now. I mean, there were humans, it turns out. You find out in the next movie, you know, beneath the Planet of the Apes that, that were highly advanced, but uh, the ones they showed, you know, the Charlton Heston Movie, they they sort of I don't want to say de-evolved because it's not really that they just sort of lost these intelligent abilities because they were the ones that were treated like animals for so long by the apes.
4: Well, a little bit like they did in um, uh, the Time Machine, you know, where he goes to the far future uh,
11: exactly, and he eats,
4: yeah. is it me, Wiener? Is it Amina?
11: Wiener. Uh, Wiener? Wiener, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they also ruined that movie and then remake too, but that's another conversation. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, well, we're, we're up, uh, uh, I'm going to play each of the trailers. What I'll do is I'll play the Conquest one, and then give you time to marshal your thoughts if you want to come back, and, and then we'll move on to Davros again. So this is yeah. The let, con- let, let's Congress. let some other
11: people talk. And I'll, I'll just sort of hang out and uh, listen okay. while I do some other stuff.
4: All right. Okay. So we'll go to you Davros after this little clip.
1: No. The biggest, the newest, the most exciting of all the Planet of the Apes pictures, climaxed by the spectacular revolt of the apes. The most awesome, the most horrifying spectacle in the annals of science fiction. First pampered as pets, then abused as servants, now oppressed as slaves.
2: Order full mobilization of all security forces,
1: police, militia, and reserve defense units. See that every entrance into the city is called off immediately. Yes, sir. Are control methods to ensure the use of tear gas and sedation, dance. There will be but one control method. A shoot to kill.
4: I don't know why they said the biggest. The budget had gone down from $5.5 million for the first one to uh, under $2 million for this one. So, uh, and, and that was four years later. Okay, Davros, uh, uh, thank you for um, uh, allowing us to go with Perry with his limited time. Uh, are you good to speak now? Uh, yes. Your thoughts?
8: Uh, well... Um I am more of an original uh, fan of the series of movies myself. Um, I tend to be with pretty much any series that I like, and Planet of the Apes is no exception. I've seen the newer ones. I did like the reboot uh, in 2001 um, with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, even, even though it was uh, obviously a lot different, but targeted to a modern audience. And they, you know, they have to tend to do that with just about any show. But uh, I thought, I thought it was really good. Uh, still not as good as the original. Um, I big fan of Charlton Heston. So my, my two favorites are the first two, even though the second one, he kind of uh, I consider it a cameo appearance more than anything. But I, I think, uh, I, I think anybody that lights a cigar, um, well, there's no water to be found in a desert. Is he? he I want him to be my captain on my ship. <laughs> yeah. uh, but,
4: He's no doubt. Uh, but, I mean,
0: he
4: yeah. was a he was a big uh, star in sci-fi, wasn't he? I mean, the Omega Man and uh, Soylent Green and Planet Eight. A- I mean, he was the man to go to at the time. Yeah, I I, you know, I think I I I think he.
8: Uh, he pulled it off pretty well. He, he, he just, uh, he has that demeanor about him, especially in the, in the film, in the original film that, uh, you know, it's obvious that you know, he's puzzled. He doesn't know what's going on. Uh, He's trying to figure it out, but at the same time, he's just always got this look on his face like this. I don't know what you are, who you are, but don't mess with me. And I, I just, I, I think that's really cool as opposed to, some of the, 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 the later films and especially the, uh, the reboot film and things where it's, it's, uh, it's a lot more about mutual discovery and understanding and, you know, beat me up if you want to. But, uh, the original was very true to the time, uh, good guys versus bad guys kind of thing. And I, I appreciate that in, in, uh, and in, in sci-fi I think that's kind of where the roots of sci-fi came from there's you know there's good guys there's bad guys you know same goes for star trek doctor who and many others so I, I think that's why I'm such a, a much bigger fan of the of the originals
4: excellent um did you did you uh catch any of the well there's two TV series there's the main TV series and then there was an animated that so it was uh, uh, the um, Actually, I've got the DVD set of that, the uh, Planet of the Apes TV series, and then there was a, an animated one, Return, uh, I think Return to the Planet of the Apes. Did you catch any of that? Uh,
8: I watched the animated series um, a very long time ago, and I don't really have a whole lot of recollection about it, other than the fact um, that while searching on the uh, internet here uh, during the podcast, um, I noticed that Hulu offers the entire animated series return to the Planet of the Apes uh in full episodic form. Um on on there. I just happened to catch it on a link on Google. So if anyone would want to watch it, is it is available on Hulu to watch the entire series.
4: It's something for a small fee or is that one of the Uh it's ones part of it's their
8: seen? it's part of their monthly subscription. Um it's uh seven ninety nine a month uh for oh. unlimited viewing very similar to um uh, Netflix and whatnot, Hulu, uh, the the only major difference being is Hulu also offers um, a lot more current uh, television. They're usually only a couple days delayed from uh, brand new episodes of uh, a lot of popular TV series. And they do have uh, some limited commercials because of that feature. But it's 8 bucks a month, um, and it's... It, it's pretty decent, but yeah, they have the entire series of that. I have not seen the original Planet of the Apes TV series uh, available on here. I looked for it, but they do have the whole animated one.
4: Right. Well, I'd certainly recommend people looking out for that series. Um, it, it's in the sim- similar format if you've ever watched uh, Kung Fu. I mean, obviously that's, you know, um, the the one guy crossing America, you know, um, uh, Wai Chan Kane, and this is two... two, two uh, two men, two astronauts. But basically, it's that sort of, you know, along their way, they help different villages and, and problems along the way. I, I thought it was very good. I, I did enjoy it. I think it only made one series. I don't think um, it went more than one series, but um, did enjoy it. Um, I'll put the link up for that, the wiki page, in a minute. OK, well, thanks for that. We'll be going to Mr. Presenter in a moment, but let me play the clip from the next one in our series. It's, it's Battle for *Planet of the Apes*.
2: We want guns.
1: Now, the final chapter in the incredible ape saga.
6: There
1: it is. Our wars. This is the hell my forefathers used to speak about.
12: This background radiation alone will give us 300 rengens an hour.
1: The battlefield. A dead city, 12 years after the ultimate bomb has been dropped. The prize, the right to inherit what's left of the Earth. The contestants, ape against man. The most unbelievable showdown ever filmed, as the mutants, strange transformed men who live underground like moles, battle the apes to decide who will be master and who will be slain
6: they're getting away kill
4: them and there we go Um, so let's go to uh, Mr. Presenter are you okay to talk now?
12: Um, yeah
4: good Uh, you've got the floor hi you've got the floor Ben yeah Um, when I first saw the phone
12: I thought they were good Um, especially like the Right of the Planet of the Apes, the most recent one. Has probably my favourite. I thought there was right. lots of topic in it. Um, yeah, the
4: the one where Andy Circus does all the motion capture, doesn't he, for the
12: Yeah. Actual... Yeah. I thought the story slash was storage, good like and there's a lot of interesting things in it. Um also liked in the original. Um just before the ending, where he's in the cave, and like looks at the dash they found connected to the human past, and making comparisons with the humans and the apes. I thought that was good, like comparison.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, did, did you did you stay with the, the series of films? Or did, did your interest wane on it? As the perhaps some people would say, the the, the quality of the films dropped off. uh did you not make the, even the effort to catch all of the other films?
12: Uh, well, I have them on visual. So oh, I've right. watched them all. Yeah. Um, well, at least the time I go around to them, they were also on visual. I wouldn't yeah. have seen them some I also got the TV series. I thought that was okay, um, but I preferred the films probably better.
4: Okay, and and have you seen the animated one as well? I mean, I I wasn't Um, even aware there was an animated one, I must admit.
12: No, I wasn't aware of that animated.
4: Right, right. Uh, I should just say, by the way, uh, and uh, I don't think anybody's ever commented on it up to now, uh, or maybe they're not aware of it, apparently uh, in 2014, there's supposed to be a new film in the franchise, uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. So um, I don't know whether that's still on track or whatever, but that is actually listed on the wiki page, uh, Planet of the Apes uh, franchise page, that I've put links in previous to this. Right. Uh, so, have you mostly agreed with what others have said, or uh, uh, do you? I mean, uh, I think the most likely divergence with people is going to be on the uh, the, the remake one, the 2001 remake. I think that's where most people, yeah. they either liked it or had issues with it. Yeah, um, I thought the ending
12: to was the original, like the original one, right? Being different than that. Uh right. I don't, yeah, want well, say, don't want to say too much in case I spoil for other people. Well,
4: yeah, I I think we're all a bit. We're, we're we're slightly being careful with the rise of the Planet of the Apes one. Yeah. And I'm just saying that for for um, Perry's benefit and the others that have joined us late that we did say that at the beginning that um, you know, if we spoil any of the early ones, well it's a little bit long in the tooth now, but um, we do try and be a little bit careful about the, the most recent film. Yeah. Okay, well, let's tell you what, let, I'm going to stay with you, but let me play the trailer for the 2001 remake, and that just might uh, you know, give you some more thoughts to make a comment on. And then I'm just looking to see, I think after yourself, is just Ian and, Ian and myself that haven't yet had a turn. So we may well be going to you, Ian, in a short while. Oh, well, you haven't gone the, to Ken. Yeah, we haven't gone oh, to I Ken. I haven't Ken. gone to Ken. Uh-huh. I apologise, Ken. I do apologise. <laughs> my fault there you are there you are deliberate mistake so uh, I'll just play this clip come back to uh, Mr. Presenter for just a couple of more thoughts and then we'll go to Ken
6: one day they'll tell a story and some will say it was just a fairy tale about a human who came from the stars
9: and changed our world
1: in a world where freedom is history. Where am I? Where's this place? Get em out and get him
6: clean!
1: Brutality hey. is law drives from master to. Powerful rule by fear. Next, you'll be telling us these beasts have a soul. <laughs> Is there a soul in there?
3: It's disgusting the way we
6: treat humans. How the did they get like this?
3: What other way would they be? If they see you on the street,
1: they kill you on sight. You stay here, you are dead. Whichever are you from? United States Air Force. I'm going back, but Some humans have escaped. Is there the way out of the city. I can show you the way. They travel with a. Declare muscle. His story is spreading through the villages. They all want to see this human who defies the apes. Full division,
6: full battle ready. It's over. There's no help coming. You came. Down the top to Mars. Get me the spaceman.
4: Well, it's the best trailer anyway. <laughs> In
6: a world.
3: Sorry.
4: <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, I don't think Tim liked that bit. He does. He or not? Okay. Well, that's so, no, no, uh,
3: just a, a thing that they always used to do around that time. In a world
4: where. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Not in my world. Uh so mystery presenter, do you want to just have a, a, a final thought and then we will move on to Ken if you don't mind? Um one thing with the
12: reboot like I liked was at the start where you had the ape like disappearing and the human going after him. I thought I gave a reason like for him going the ship and that on, from the space station. Um right. nineteen I didn't like was the how the end or like how it or that just before like he just like a few minutes before the end. Right. Like you were yeah. thinking you're gonna get something else and like a different way. And then something yeah. just dropped.
4: Okay. Yeah, um well I I'll have my say later. Let, let, let's uh, thank you for your contribution then. We'll we'll move on to Ken, hopefully, who is uh, still there and waiting patiently. Thank you, Ken.
9: <laughs> in, in a podcast where typing monkey's rule <laughs> and all the laws have been turned upside down. Yes, I'm go. ready. Okay. Um well, I have a real different perspective on these movies growing up with them so they were something I loved as a kid started when I was 13 years old and that's when Planet of the Apes came out I never saw it uh, in the movie theaters but I remember going to a double bill later on with some film and and finally saw it in re-release and it's the class act of the series Budget direction production um, great screenplay by Serling and Michael Wilson this uh stands above the rest uh jury goldsmith's music uh, helps a heck of a lot there's a beginning scene where the first time we ever see apes in the movie, and the humans including charlton heston and um Nova, um, the um, female character mm. who he finds. who uh, They're running through uh, corn, tall corn. Tall fields,
4: yeah, yeah.
9: And you just see the hooves of horses. And you have this really atonal, marvelous music of Jerry Goldsmith.
6: <laughs>
9: that music yeah. stays in your memory for the rest of your life. And then the camera whips around, and they show their apes on horsebacks, wearing leather with with um, leather gloves. And this is before they ruined all the fun, before everybody knew what the ending was. I'm sitting there through the whole film, loving the performances, and Heston. I, I always love the guy. He's iconic. It's Moses, it's El Cid, it's Ben-Hur. He's the typical iconic American hero, but it's reversed. He's the hunted one, he's trapped, and he's really cynical. He, he's the one who hates where he's coming from. He thinks everything is just shot to hell, and he's almost talk about self-fulfilling uh, prophecy. That's what he's getting. It's almost his own personal hell of his life, just being turned around. Um, it's it's a great movie. The ending, you know, everybody will talk about it forever. The scene on the beach, the way that's just played out, parodying and parodying in Mel Brooks films, and on The Simpsons. Will we ever forget Doctor Zeus Doctor Zeus You know, it, it, it's been done. It's become a part of America's culture this film so it's it's not just a movie it's like Star Wars I mean I won't say it's as big but it's part of pop culture forever okay then I saw the second film it is cheesy it overdoes it the whole bomb is religion thing reminds me of Star Trek when it's not as good when it's in it's Nista phase you know when it, when it really hammers it home but the ending is so surrealistically dark you don't expect that Earth's going to be destroyed big spoiler Earth is going to be destroyed at the end by Charlton Heston he's the one responsible for it all he wants it to happen he wants us all to go kablooey uh, after that And then there's already reports there's going to be a sequel. My mind is just exploding, going, how are they going to do this? You can't have a sequel. There's no Planet of the Apes. There's nothing. Now, a side point. There is one constant in all of the films and the TV show that makes them genius. It's the acting of Roddy McDowell. He doesn't get enough credit in his career, um, from everything he did back to How Green Is My Valley, to Fright Night, to how he was on Night Gallery, and his exceptional performances throughout the eight movies, except for Beneath. He is in it, but only in the brief sequence, in the beginning, um, replaying the ending over, of Planet. A,
4: a voiceover or something, is it?
9: Right. It's another actor, David Watson, a sound-alike actor who plays Cornelius in Beneath the Planet of the Apes, because Roddy McDowell was making another film at the time. So you see Cornelius' part much lessened in that film, and it's it's very different. Well, yeah,
4: he makes a, sorry, he, he makes a guest appearance as well on the TV series as well, Roddy McDowell.
9: Oh, oh, he's he's almost the star of the whole thing. He plays Galen. Yeah. Yeah, in yeah. in the TV series, he's important to that. But the only thing he was not in, I'm I'm not that uh, familiar with the animated show. But um, all of the other eight movies, there's that wonderful consistency in Roddy McDowell. Now the third film, to me, it's it's a delight. The analogy film, I think, would be Star Trek: The Voyage Home. It's almost two movies. It starts out it's it's the opposite. It's like's it's been said before. we have no budget, so what do we do? We get the two apes uh send them back in time to um visit Earth. their fish is out of water and it's it's a fun movie for the first half. It's watch watch them shop, watch them relate to the sexual mores um Um, Zira calls uh, champagne grape juice plus then the problem ensues she finds out she's pregnant well that really bothers uh, a character called Dr. Otto Hasslein played by Eric Braden who was in Rat Patrol when he was known by the name of Hans Gudergas back in those days Um, and he's very big in soap operas to this day fine actor In fact, Hessling's name is mentioned in Planet of the Apes when they're discussing the laws of time and space. He wants to destroy the possibility of an ape planet coming to be. It's the uh, the, the would-you-kill-Hitler-in-the-cradle attitude. Um, They're found and helped by a circus owner, Armando, played by Ricardo Montalban, wonderful as always, and they're aided by two scientists, Bradford Dillman and Natalie Trundy, who are um, helping uh, Cornelius and Zara out. Now, what's interesting about this part of the film, it becomes Joseph and Mary running from the forces of Herod. Uh, it becomes Moses hiding out. It almost gets a biblical feel, them on the run, running from the authorities. And it has a terribly tragic ending, and I think it is tremendous film because of their performances. We don't have the budget. We don't have all the great ape cities and costumes, but we, too, we have damn good acting from the two of them. Then comes Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. This is, in a way, a special favorite of mine. I know a lot of people don't like it because of its dark end. But it's to me, it's Ape Spartacus. It's so dramatic. McDowell's performance, if he gave it another film, I think he would have maybe been nominated for an Oscar. He's that good in this film. The speeches he gives, his interaction with the characters, uh, Don Murray playing uh, the mayor, the political power, of this time is wonderfully vicious and interesting thing about this film. It was re-edited in its first release and in every copy up until recent times with a special anniversary DVD release. When I saw the film, and I do prefer this version because it's not as harsh, um, the character now known as Caesar Uh, Milo names himself, and he names himself Caesar, a great king. Um, He has a speech where he goes, Where there's fire, there's smoke. And in that smoke from this day forward, my people will crouch and conspire and plot and plan for the inevitable day of man's downfall, the day where he finally and self-destructively turns his weapons against his own kind, the day of the writing in the sky, when your cities lie buried under radioactive rubble, when the sea is a dead sea, and the land is a wasteland, out of which I will lead my people from their captivity. And we shall build our own cities, and there will be no place for humans except to serve our needs. And we shall found our own armies, our own religion, our own dynasty, and that day is upon you now. That's the way the film was going to end, with flames, with uh, the death of the governor, and yes it was the time of the Watts riots yes it was a time of political and racial strife and the studio said we better lighten it up a bit we better ease it up so if you watch the film the original film you'll see that the rest of the speech Rodney McDowell's mouth is not moving you don't see close-ups of his mouth except twice and he's interrupted by a female ape, played by Natalie Trundy, who was the doctor in the previous film, this time as an ape companion, who tells him no. And he says this, But now we will put away our hatred. Now we'll put down our weapons. We pass through the night of the fires. And those that were our masters are now our servants. And we who are not human can afford to be humane. Destiny is the will of God, And if it is man's destiny to be dominated, it is God's will, and that he be dominated with compassion and understanding. So cast out your vengeance. Tonight we have seen the birth of the planet of the apes. And then there's big explosions. You see all the fires rise, and it's a different tenor. There's still the revolution aspect, but it's tempered with mercy. And what made me laugh so much is... Five minutes from where I live, that's where they filmed this, in Century City. Century City Shopping Center makes up the Ape City. The buildings are the office buildings and the mall refurnished. So that, this movie is really a hoot to me, expecting <laughs> apes to come down. In, in fact, there some been some photo shoots. Of people in ape costumes every now and then taken in Century City to reenact scenes uh, from this. So I, I thought McDowell's performance was tremendous, and the movie's really crackerjack. Now on to the last film. Being such a fan, well, when can I saw it,
4: can I just stop you there? Okay. Shall I play the clip of that, and then I'll give okay. you, and then I'll put it in context. Here we go. Thanks.
1: drug allows the brain to repair itself we call it the cure we're ready to move on to the next phase this one this is wrong Will. it has the potential to change lives
6: some things aren't meant to be changed
1: Does it work
5: like we predicted?
1: With one exception, the drug has radically boosted brain functioning. You mean increased intelligence?
4: Okay. Okay.
9: Well, the last of the original series, Battle, came out in 1973. Now, they were cranking these movies out. Planet was 68, Beneath was 70, Escape was 71, Conquest 72, and Battle 73. Sheesh. Um, they were putting these out like once a year. Being such a fan, when Battle first came out, They had at the Gromans Chinese, where they have all the footprints, they had a special marathon. So I went there and I sat through all the previous four films to get to battle. And, you know, ample cups of coffee later. It's an okay film. It's really the one that seems like a TV movie. Mutants in Jeeps. And some domestic strife. We have some sad scenes with family members uh, getting hurt. And some poetic lines from John Huston as the lawgiver at the end. But all in all, the weakest of the films. um, I really like the TV show better than I would say the last film. Again, Roddy McDowell's fine in it. Paul Williams... As a orangutan is uh, kind of fun. Um, much better as a writer of great Muppet music and in, in the wonderful uh, cult film *Phantom of the Paradise*. If anyone had never seen that, highly recommended. But that's my feeling on the original films. The TV show had Roddy McDowell as the character Galen. Had Mark Leonard as his. Um, Guerrilla Adversary, Mark Leonard's good. Every part he did, even if he wasn't well-written for, Mark Leonard could do no wrong. And the two main actors, who names escape me right now. I think you'd probably have inf- that information, Ian or
4: Dave. Yeah, yeah. it was um, Ron, Ron Harper, James N- Norton. and uh, Yeah, Ron Harper and James Norton. Okay.
9: And like you said, it was it was kind of like, well, what what humans can we help this year, this week, as we try to get along and get our way off of this planet? It's less harsh than the world of the first film. Humans are not uh, treated as cattle the way they are, and as total uh, uh, negative slaves as they are in the first film it's much gentler and it was a lot of fun but the show was kind of doomed from the beginning in a way because it was it was on right up against the night stalker at the same time and so you had both these shows competing and it didn't help either one of them if they if they would have both maybe had a different time slot maybe they would have both succeeded they they both just uh, had very brief runs now I never saw the animated series. I would like to see that. I've heard it was good. Now we go to the Tim Burton reboot. It's okay. To me, nothing that inventive. Very good costumes. um, Great makeup. Some nice homages to the original film, including a cameo by Charlton Heston, which is nice. But... No great shakes. There wasn't much thought to it. To me, it doesn't even exist. But we then get to Rise of the Planet of the Apes. This is a whole other thing. Brilliant film. Beautifully cast. Andy Serkis is an acting treasure. It's not the motion capture they use but what's captured in the soul of this actor that makes this film brilliant. James Franco is very good um, in it. Uh, Frida Pinto, John Lithgow, um, the entire cast is is tremendous. The music by Patrick Doyle, who uh, works with Kenneth Branagh, frequently is exciting. I don't want to say anything about the plot, but if you enjoyed any of the other films... To me, this film and the original Planet of the Apes stand together as exceptional cinema. This is a great, great film. This movie will have you in tears from just the emotion from, from the early frames of what this film does. And the promise of a sequel, I hope they carry this all the way to see ape civilizations, costumes, and continuing their own version of the saga. Um I'll be there for each one. Really really good. And those are my thoughts on Planet of the Apes.
4: Yeah, I mean it did from uh, I mean the budget was uh, 93 million, so 10 times the budget of the the original one. Yeah. Took uh, nearly half a billion of course at the box office. So um I, I can't see why they wouldn't want to do a sequel. And that's great. That was a great contribution, Ken, and so we had to wait so long for it's it. It's all right. It was
9: it's worth it. It was
4: great. great. Thank you. Okay, well let me play the, um, the, the well this is actually more of the intro music and the intro to the uh, Planet of the Apes TV series and then perhaps Ian will have uh, some contribution then to out of his own. And um, are you okay to go? I don't think you want to read anything out from the
3: text. Uh, uh, Dareth had put in here uh, about the cancellation. And it was uh, The TV series was cancelled uh, purely because uh, it had a huge make budget. budget. Uh, they actually did, did say on the Wikipedia page, I mean, I know that's not the be-all and end-all, that it was because of low ratings, because it was up against, like you said, it was... Uh, I guess it did get clobbered by Sanford and Son and The Six Million Dollar Man, yes. Oh, and Chico and the Man. I love Chico and the Man. Mm. I love Chico and the Man. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, we digress. Uh, I I really, really love these movies. I haven't, uh, like I said, before the show started, it's been a long time since I've rewatched all of them. Uh, I've seen Planet of the Apes probably more than I've seen any of the others, but... Uh, I think the main reason why I really enjoyed them was mainly Roddy McDowell. I like that man's voice, um, and I, there was just something interesting about the whole uh, wraparound story that you know these guys go into the future, and then the the apes the, the come into the past, and they basically create this future, but then they alter. It was kind of neat. Um, and you know, as a kid growing up watching these movies on a on a Sunday afternoon, uh, I didn't care a about uh, a budget, uh, b about um, acting or story or whatever. I thought it was kind of neat. Um, although I do remember thinking, "What the heck were they doing with the second movie?" Uh, that one's always kind of struck me as being kind of odd. You know, that whole big "oh, let's just blow up uh, the planet." Um, but in the first movie i mean the whole bit once they get down to the beach is really fantastic you know that they're the the excavation of this uh of this site like we would you know look into our past um here they are doing this you know um archaeological dig in this cave and you know there's the the, the baby doll and and everything um and of course, you know there's the the symbolic sequence at the end. They did it. You did, you <laughs> you know uh, that's cool and all, but I, I like the whole you know the, the whole standoff at the the archaeological dig. Maniacs. Thank you, Barry. Yes. Um, my uh, like I said, you know, my memories of the other movies are are, are scattered, but um, the third movie, I I, I I remember feeling sad that. Um, the, the, the Zero leaves her leaves her baby and takes the other baby um and the fact that uh, we as human beings would would shoot uh would shoot them that just just boggled my mind the whole bit on the on the ship where they they basically they shoot them dead and it's just like wow um it's really it, it always makes me really sad and, and, I mean it's really kind of cool that that um her baby survives and then grows up to be Caesar, but the the whole thing where she you know she knows what's coming and uh, she she switches the babies. Um is incredibly sad. I in my memory at least, whether it would still be the same watching it now, I don't know. Um, and of course, then we get the conquest, which I mean at the time you know I I think it's it's a unique thing. I mean the whole. Um, <laughs> A mysterious disease that killed off all cats and dogs. (laughs) I'm sorry. I mean, I guess back then that was a a good setup. You know, it's like, well, how do we make this come about? Well, you know, how would we get apes into people's houses? Um, Heck, just get parasol to carry one around. Um, That's what you do these days. Uh, (laughs) Oh, it's all the rage. No, I'm going to get a chip. You know, Michael Jackson tried it, see it didn't work. Paris Hilton tries it. Oh yeah, everybody'd be doing. Uh,
9: <laughs> sounds like but, a new reality show.
3: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Ape in my home. Um but uh th- th- that whole idea. I mean it's kind of neat, you know. Um they 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 tried to at least explain how you get these uh apes into this you know, you can't just go out and say, Well, we're just gonna make them into slaves. You know, and there's gonna be that step before and so I guess that explains it. Um uh, but uh I don't know all the all all the monkeys in in uh in um in orange uh jumpsuits. <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean that one, that one I remember my memories of these other movies are from all from one period of time, and it was New Year's Eve back in New Zealand. I'm not entirely sure how old I was. I was at a friend's place for for New Year's, and they were playing these back to back, and and that's one of the, and that's where I remember seeing this one. I remember seeing Conquest, and I think we had to leave, uh, and and I still hadn't seen them all or something like that, but. Uh, the last one, I mean, it, the last one's really kind of neat in, in the fact that it wraps it up and it, and it does it in a positive light. You know, at least you can say that. That's, you know, the the, the last scene where he's, you know, uh, talking to, to humans and apes and they're coexisting uh, is just a nice place to finish it, I guess, if you had to finish it somewhere. The Tim Burton movie can go to wherever. Um, and i don't care what tim burton says he stole that idea from uh from kevin smith uh the the um, the lincoln memorial it's, it's it's actually an ape sitting there um he stole that lock stock and barrel from from uh kevin smith but hey whatever um it was not a good movie i, I I'm not going to go into it too much, because I only saw it once, and that was enough, and I don't really want to bother seeing it again. I did like uh, some of the casting in it, so yeah, I mean, the acting's fine. It's just, it wasn't a good, wasn't a good movie. The new movie, on the other hand, I did not hold any hope for at all. I thought, oh, great, they're remaking Planet of the Apes. Terrific. Uh, this is, yeah, you know, this is going to be stupid, you know, uh, why bother? Um, but I was wrong. <laughs> I was very wrong. Uh, we rented this on Blu-ray, and I think I may actually purchase it, because I just really think, uh, you know, I think a lot of movies tend to go off on the wrong tangent when they do reboots, like the, the Tim Burton one did. I mean, and there's a reason why they didn't make any more, let's be honest. Because it wasn't good, it wasn't a good movie you know here we live with this cliffhanger, and it never went anywhere because it it wasn't good um, but this i I guess I'd seen some of the the trailers for it, and I'm like, I don't know, you know, this looks like an old awful lot of you know chimpanzees just you know running all over the city, you know. But no, that's like the last, you know, what, twenty twenty minutes of foofy. The 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 whole reason behind how everything comes out is is great. David Hewlett's in it for crying out loud, (laughs) Um, and 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 John Lithgow is fantastic. Um, And the scenes in the house uh, are are great. I mean. I'm trying not to say too much of the spoiling stuff, but uh, it's, it's just a really good movie. And I didn't think they'd actually be able to do it justice. And um, it ended up being just great. I, you know... Again, I'm not. I try. I try not to go, go into you know too many plot details and and everything. But I really think this is a great movie. And if you haven't seen it yet, and you've seen these, uh, I suggest you get it. Uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed with it as a movie. Um, I don't think you should say, well, well, they, you know, they're not doing it in the right order, or it's not like the, you know, the other, you know, it's. It's its own entity, and it's a good start for the for the story, and it'd be interesting to see where they go. Um, I'm kind of hoping that they don't do the whole... Ooh, sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> That's why I'm talking with my hands to nobody looking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's even worse when I'm introducing people and actually motioning to them, and they're not sitting right next to me. Anyway... Uh, yeah, it, it's fantastic. I, I, I've i always loved the Planet of the Aids movie. I have very, 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 very faint memories of the TV series. Um, and not really enough to, to, to go into any detail. But I do remember it being on TV and thinking that was cool. And not even remembering, of course, it was such a short-lived show. But uh, And... and I keep looking back, I mean, Andy Serkis and, and the, the CG stuff and, and the motion capture, it's all fantastic, and they do a really good job. I mean, you see expressions, and and you really kind of, you know, bond with these characters, and you see, see things that are going on. But back when they made the originals, that makeup was fantastic. I mean, I... I can't say enough about like if you had to do it all on makeup. I don't think you know you could do a better job than that. And that's I think another one of the reasons why the Tim Burton movie failed because they looked they looked terrible. You know they just looked terrible. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's me. Uh, I I'm I'm a big fan of them, and and now I kind of want to do a big old rewatch and watch all of them all over again because. Um, yeah, you know, Now I'm in the mood for it. Come on. I hope they're all on, uh, they better all be on Netflix when I go out there. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's uh, that's me. I think it's up to you now, Dave.
4: Okay, well I'll just um, play the, as we welcome someone into the room, Aaron Berg. We're just getting the then. I'll play the, uh, and I hadn't heard of this animated one, but um, a little bit of the intro to that. Uh, so, um, that's uh, before we give Ian a chance to go around the room and ask people again, uh, what have I got to say? Not a lot, really, because I think most of the things that people have said have covered what I think. Uh, the first film, uh, I thought, was absolutely excellent, and, of course, those people watching it uh, at the time are, who haven't been spoiled. Uh, the, there's a, that fantastic reveal at the end. Well acted. I think Charlton Heston, um, in this sort of role... You know, brings that sort of gravitas and uh, and bearing. Uh, you know, the uh, the leader of men type of uh, characterization to his roles. Uh, done it so many times, uh, and I do think he works well in science fiction. So mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, I, I, I like Soylent Green and uh, and Omega Man, and um, as well as of course his uh, biblical or historical film work. Uh, so I, I think I, I bookend. Um, like one or two other people have said that the the first film and the latest film are basically the cream of the crop uh, some of the films in between I haven't actually managed to watch all the way through I must admit um, although I may have watched them all in various goes if you know what I mean when I've seen them halfway and I thought well I'll watch them to the end um, but basically it's the, the first and the last one that I really enjoyed but I did as I say enjoy the series that was on um, the TV, the Planet of the Apes series, I think there was only one series. I think there were 14 episodes. It shouldn't take me long to check. I've actually got the box set over to the side yeah, of me. Yeah, 14. Um, there were
3: 13 aired and I think one unaired episode, which the unaired episode is actually included on the uh, the box set.
4: Right, right. Yeah, there was one controversial one, wasn't it? I think? Um, the, I don't know, it was the Liberator episode or whatever. But um, I enjoyed that, and of course, Roddy McDowell was in on that as uh, Ken corrected me. I I thought he just uh, from Memphis, because I've had this DVD set for about four or five years now, and uh, I was thinking he was only on. Occasionally, like a guest thing, but he he wasn't. He was on pretty much most of it. And I thought the, the the two main actors were were pretty good. I mean, it was a, a cross between, as I said, kung fu or western and uh, you know a road movie in a way. But um, and, and each storyline had its own particular you know problem where they had to sort of hide from the apes, or they had to risk riding a horse because riding a horse for humans is uh, punishable by death. So lots of little things like that. And and I thought it really worked well. I haven't really got a lot more to add other than to say that, um, you know, I think people, if they don't want to tackle the whole backlog of the Planet of the Apes stuff, uh, if they want to cherry pick, go to the first film, go to the last film, and if, as was said earlier, you, you know, there's some way of perhaps getting it on some sort of streaming network uh, try and find um, the Planet of the Apes. I don't know about the animated one. I'm sure there are people in the room who are real big fans of animated series and may well, that may be their first port of call to catch up their uh, coverage of this. So I haven't got a lot to add, uh, but I'm not cutting everybody off. I'm sure Ian's going to go round the room for us one more time. But I'll just take the opportunity to say that next week's episode, episode 160, uh the title is Achilles' Heel. Uh, we've talked about before in the past, you know, what's your superpower? What superpower would you like to have? But of course, if you have a superhero that is tot- who is totally invulnerable, then you haven't got any dramatic um, content. You haven't really got a story. Um, it would be boring. So um, the, the whole point is we're going to be looking at uh, basically every, every superhero's version of their kryptonite and that will hopefully be the center of our topic and then we will try and get some more topics up uh, following on from that we'll just have to poke Perry G and get another topic out of him so there you go
3: and yeah, anyone who uh, wants to uh, as uh, Debra said earlier there is uh, a link to uh, the animated series Uh, it's available on Hulu and you watch it for free um and the link he uh, he put in the chat sometime earlier and I'll put it in here again for anybody who missed it. And uh there it goes in the chat somewhere. Okay. <laughs> ah yes, there it goes. Um I need to scroll down further. Uh <laughs> Perry, did you have anything more you more you want to add? Like any new topics or something. <laughs>
11: uh, <okay. laughs> Sorry, I'm with the mic here. Yeah, script Roger oh, <laughs> Not sure about that. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think I have any no? more to okay. add. I've pretty much uh, said what I had to say. Yeah. All
6: right.
3: Well, I think we'll uh, go around the room say goodbye. If there's any more uh, comments you want to add, uh, real quick, um, feel free to do so. So, Ken, thank you for coming today.
9: My pleasure. There is one last thing. There is a very good writer who is on the documentary on the Planet of the Apes DVD set and commentaries. His name is Eric Green. And he has written a exceptional book called Planet of the Apes as American Myth. Anyone with any interest in the uh, series and with books on uh, the series would do well to pick this up. It's from McFarland Press. It used to be only in one of their really expensive library-bound hardcovers, but I think it goes for about $29, and it's well worth it. Um, Tremendous book. It covers the five films, the series, animated series. doesn't go into the Tim Burton or um, Rise. Uh, The book was written before that but it has interviews with cast members. It goes into production history, um, how they almost uh, cast Edward G. Robinson uh, in the movie instead of Maurice Evans and some other actors. It's really good.
3: Highly recommend it. All
11: right. Okay, let me let, let me break in for one second, actually. No, 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 um, no.
3: no, no, no. You ha- I asked you already, and you said no. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Sorry.
4: Go on, Josh Chouching
3: you. Anyway, Ken Ken
11: he yes. said a couple of times that this is an American, you know, um, part of American culture and American uh, mythology and stuff like that. But it was the,
4: the movies French were based
11: mo- on French novels, right?
4: Yeah. Well, yes, yes, by out. Pierre
11: Bull. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well,
4: yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah, I, I did mash. Um, I did name yeah, up at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But this okay.
9: book is *Planet of the Apes* as an American myth. Yeah, yeah, sure. uh, Race and Politics in the Films and Television Series. Yeah. That's so great. that's that's the author's take on just the films. But it is interesting that it comes from a, a book that we all read translated for us.
11: Yeah, yeah.
9: And the ending of the book is very, very different from even the first movie, um, for those who have read it. Um, I won't spoil it, but read the original novel. It's real good reading.
3: Right. Uh going around the room still, unless Perry has more. Uh, <laughs> thanks to Charlie B79 for joining us.
7: Oh, thank you for having me.
3: And thank you to Davros for coming along.
8: Thank you for having me as well. And I, I wanted to say to uh Ken, um my uh my niece is part of an online reading club and they spent the entire summer reading nothing but uh Ray Bradbury novels, and I guess they're they're wanting to end their uh, their their readathon this summer with that tribute book. Uh, so I, I thought that was kind of neat. She was Facebooking with me. while well, we've been on the cast here, so you, I hadn't known that book was coming out until you mentioned it. And then she told me that's their uh, that's how they're going to end it all with that big tribute. So I thought that was kind of neat. Ah,
4: oh, brilliant! Cool. The collective brings people together. Brilliant.
3: Yes. They're always pays off. <laughs> And thank you to Mystery Presenter for joining us today. Hey. Uh,
12: thank you. Yep.
4: Thanks.
3: All right. Um, then about Reps Uh thanks to uh, Dar Skeptical, Enterprise Who, Cybob for joining us, uh, guests 15 and 16. Sorry about... Um, the lack of interactivity, but uh we do appreciate you sticking around for the entire show. Um we've had problems of late with uh people crashing the show and uh, making a nuisance of, your, of themselves and of course uh as is the way of things um some people just ruin things for everyone so but uh yes feel free to come back again. Uh you can also join up on Talk show and um and uh yeah. We look forward to seeing you again. Dave you already said what we were talking about last week, uh, next week, didn't you?
4: Yes, yes, you did. Yes, I talked about... Uh, actually, really,
3: really what I'm, really what I'm do- doing here is I'm actually stalling because I've realised that I don't have the outro queued up in the right place. Well, I've um, so, <laughs> But now I do because I oh. just talked long enough so I could do it. <laughs> yes, um, so
4: uh,
3: there's nothing more to say, I guess, Then uh, it's goodbye from Mr. Dave AC. And it's
4: goodbye from Ian, the sixth doctor.
3: Damn, dirty ape. Goodbye, everybody.